Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Trapper Dive Podcast provided to you by 214 Media and SB Nation's Hogs Haven. AJ is in. Dre is in. I am in. Your host, Jamal Forrest, Molly Mo. And then we have ESPN NFL draft analyst checking in as well uh, and insider Matt Miller. Uh, I was ta- I was talking to you, Matt, right before we talk, uh, clocked in. I don't even think you understood <laughs> what you what you got into. Just just talking and passing and giving your honest opinion, your objective opinion, um, just about the quarterback situation in Washington. Uh, you 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 don't even know what you stepped into. But first and foremost, before you even tap into that, man, how are you feeling today? How how are things going with you uh, post draft uh, weekend? I guess. Yeah, man, things are good. You put in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're uh, you know nine days out from the draft. I'm still. You know, it's weird because you have about a 10-day, 14-day period post-draft where you're still in it. Like, you're talking to all the different fan bases. You're doing a media tour, you know, of talking to Washington Commanders Radio, Kansas City Chiefs Radio, you know, whatever it might be because those fans want to know, okay, we just drafted these guys. Tell us about them, right? So you're doing you're doing a decent amount of media while also, you know, starting to peek ahead to next year, which looks super, super exciting. So I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like you said, I woke up to uh, to a lot of tweets today that I didn't know. Uh, thankfully, uh, I'm sure I I'm sure I didn't even see the bad ones, which I'm thankful for. Uh, never ever search your name on Twitter if you do. Like me, I have the most common name in the world, so it's like even if you search my name on Twitter, you're gonna get like you know a million other people. So um, thankfully, I'm sure I didn't get the worst of it. <laughs> yeah, but Matt, yeah. be honest. This isn't the first time you've angered a fan base, is it? No, 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 no. I uh, or you know, I've angered players. I've angered fan bases. Um, it's not even my first time angering the Washington fan base. Oh, I, I mean, way back in the day, I was one of the people that thought Kirk Cousins was better than RG three and was like the future. And I, at the time, you got some Washington fans hated me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been down this road. Yeah. I, you know, you can't be in this job for 13 years and not have pissed off every <laughs> fan base at one time or another. So you don't try to do it. But when it happens, it's like, OK, here we go again. Absolutely. Like, I, I think and, and the thing is just to kind of spill I, when you mentioned the, the Kirk Cousins and, and RG3 thing, I think, you know, like over it over a decade now, Matt, that in Washington, when you think about the quarterback situation, and even if you go beyond past 2012 and, and just that one thing, uh, it's always more than one quarterback in Washington because they never found that one person. And and when you think about uh, the situation here in 2023, uh, it's it's even something like they're finding or they are, or even just the fan base in general, like you're finding that one person to, to kind of uh, – Put your put all your chips in from a fan base mm-hmm. standpoint, and and you don't know what the truth is, but you don't want the truth to be bad, and you don't want the truth to to like be scary, and and that's kind of the thing that gets a lot of people. And and before we even just dive into what you said 
uh, recently. And shout out to my man, Linnell, because I believe that's where the conversation yeah. came from. Yes, yeah. uh, Linnell uh, Willingham, shout out to him. Um, I, I want to get uh, your thoughts generally on last year's draft process for you, Matt, and, and your thoughts on what Sam Howe was coming out of North Carolina, his biggest strength, his biggest weakness, um, and then we can kind of tap in from there. Yeah, so I actually went back today because I was I was curious, um, and I know, like, so we'll get to the interview that I did with Lionel, but when asked about Sam Howell or any player, when I'm asked about any player who was drafted previously, I'm a draft analyst. So I always go back to here's how I evaluated that player coming out of college. And especially for a guy who's thrown 19 passes in the NFL, I feel like the college evaluation is probably uh, – it's a bigger picture than evaluating a guy off his NFL tape right now because there's just not enough of it to say – he is or isn't this. So the Sam Howell evaluation pre-draft, um, I went back and read my preseason scouting report on him, and then I read my postseason scouting report on him. And they are similar but different. And if you all remember, headed into that 2021 college football season, Howell and Spencer Rattler were billed as QB1. These guys are going to be first-round picks. They're going to be future NFL starters. And so my preseason scouting report on Howell is – it's a lot of that of, hey, scouts think this dude could be QB1. Here are the strengths. You know, he's got this compact, stocky build. He's got a, a live arm. He's a, an upper body thrower who can generate a lot of torque that way. He's got plus mobility. And really, at UNC the year before, he was a point guard. You know, they had Diami Brown and Daz Newsome. They had two great running backs in Javante Williams and Michael Carter. So he was a point guard, which isn't a bad thing, right? He was a distributor. Fast forward. 2021 season starts and he it falls off he throws I think three picks week one and you go from being somebody that was talked about as a first round pick to being a fifth round pick now I had him graded as my number 71 overall player which for me is like okay that's third round and it's you're likely a backup but your ceiling is is this you know your ceiling is you could be a spot starter maybe even outplay that your floor is you're a backup right um, so that was my evaluation on him. My preseason comp was Baker Mayfield. I eventually changed that because I thought at the time, let's all remember this is before Baker has like the, the bad year in Cleveland when he was hurt and everything. Yeah. At the time, I thought Baker had a little more twitch athletically, um, especially when he was at Oklahoma. You know, we saw him evading guys in space a little bit more. I know folks are going to look at rushing stats and say like, oh, well, Sam rushed for this many yards in North Carolina. It was based more on the, the athleticism. And then I did. I revised my player comp for him pre-draft and said Colt McCoy. And it's funny. I remember changing my, my comp from Baker to Colt McCoy after Mac Brown actually said that he thought Sam was a lot like Colt from a mental standpoint, mm -hmm. from an accuracy standpoint. They're very similarly built as well. I mean, 6'1", 216 versus 6'1", 218. And I, I think what has happened over the last 24 hours is people think that's an insult. Colt McCoy was one of the greatest college quarterbacks of that that time. You know, had he not got hurt against Alabama, probably would have won a national championship at Texas. I mean, he was a fantastic player. So people are looking at the as a slight when, to me, it's, man, Colt was a stud coming out of college who was actually drafted higher than Sam Howell was. He just never was the same after uh, after Alabama wrecked that shoulder. And so, but, man, I just had a quick question. But the Colt McCoy thing, I think, stared a lot of fans up because I think you mentioned the arm strength. And I think a lot of fans see the arm strength with Sam Howell. I mean, it pops. I mean, I think even at the combine, they say he had one of the, you know, fastest mile per hour throws, yeah. you know, arm strength. So when you look at Colt McCoy, obviously he played in Washington and we've seen him here and we used to call him noodle arm. <laughs> so that was where a yeah, lot of Yeah, by the time got he got there. Stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, good. And I no, I tried to clarify that today. I was like, well, my it wasn't an arm strength comparison of Colt McCoy, but people latched onto that. And you know, I had several conversations with people who cover you know Washington media. And they were like, hey, people are taking this out of context. I don't know. I don't think the people at, at 980 did anything wrong. They didn't say yeah. Matt Miller said Sam Howell has Colt McCoy arm strength. I think it's just like that got latched onto because I said he doesn't have great arm strength and my player comp was Colt McCoy. Like those two sentences got messy. mashed together somehow instead of like, I mean, I have a ton of respect for Colt McCoy. I'm actually a, a gigantic Texas Longhorns fan. I don't know if, if everyone knows that or not. So for me, like – Comparing someone to, to Colt from an accuracy, a leadership, a football IQ, a toughness, body type, like those are all positives to me. And yeah, I mean, I my final report on Sam talked about he has a good arm. He really does. I watched him at the senior bowl where it was windy and he's like throwing the ball and he's cutting through wind. And it it's like a you know Derek Carr level arm. It's not a bad thing in any way. Um, but it, it definitely felt like fans were looking for something to come to the guy's defense about. And, and whether it was my wording or the way that the tweet was sent out or what, whatever, people, people definitely jumped on that. It, it was, it was neither. <laughs> it was neither. Go ahead, so, AJ. So Matt, let me ask you this. Uh, of course, you know, as you, you went viral uh, amongst the Washington fan base with the Colt McCoy comparison. Now, who do you think Sam Howe could potentially be comp wise NFL career wise? Uh, of course, we've yeah. only seen 19 passes, but I'm not sure how his game at UNC will translate to the NFL level, especially now under Eric Bieniemy. if he even wins the competition, because from what we've been told, it's a competition between him and Jacoby Brissett. But how do you how do you see him as an NFL quarterback? Uh, I don't know if that Colt McCoy mentioned was. Uh, from just a collegiate standpoint or a collegiate and NFL where Col- Colt McCoy has pretty much kind of been a journeyman backup yeah. uh, given opportunity and will have another opportunity with Arizona as Kyler Murray has recovered from his injury. Uh, just wanted to get some clarity on that. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I will admittedly say I haven't gone back and like revised my comp because, excuse me, because he's only thrown 19 passes. Yeah. So it's it's hard, right, to be like, okay, well, now that I think your ceiling has changed because of X, Y, Z. I do like the Eric Bieniemy higher. I do like the weapons that they have. I love that you mentioned Jacoby Brissett because I've heard the same that like, hey, this is truly a competition. And Jacoby played really well in Cleveland last year. I feel like people have stepped over that fact because it was kind of a lost year for the Browns. But I would say I, I still think the ceiling is someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback, you know, who can be a good starter. Uh, if he's got a good team around him, can win a lot of ball games. But there might be times where you're limited. And that's okay because there are very few quarterbacks who are at that elite level that you're not limited. You know, it's the Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Joe Burrow. I think we're starting to see Jalen Hurts get into that area a little bit where that player has so much talent that they are able to supersede scheme or supersede talent around them. Um, so whether it's a Garoppolo or you know, a comparison that might work well for fans there. Maybe it's a Kirk Cousins type career where, you know, you're just a, you're a really good player. You're going to play a long time. You're going to make a ton of money. You might not ever be elite. You might not win a Super Bowl, but you're going to be a really good starter for a long time. I, I, I think his ceiling's closer to that, whereas the floor is probably closer to Baker Mayfield where you're going to get an opportunity to start. If it doesn't work out, your your toughness – and your moxie and kind of that gamer type play style is going to keep you around the NFL where you're going to get 
a couple of chances to be a starter. If you if y'all don't mind, real quick, what what do you say about people using the argument as, like you mentioned, he was projected first round with the Spencer Rattler, but in actuality he got drafted fifth round. People use that as an argument point for the the fact of even making him in competition with a Jacoby Brissett. Even Ron Rivera has done that, where he's kind of stated, you know, we had this grade on him, but. Okay, you had that grade on him, but you waited until the right. fifth round to take him. So, did you really have that grade on him? Like, <laughs> what? How, how do yeah. you feel? Because I mean, you you called him your seventy one, uh, your seventy first player on your board, uh, which is a yeah. third round pick. But ultimately, you know, what what do you view that to be? Do you view it as, I guess, I could say bullshit, or <laughs> <laughs> I won't go that far, but I. Like, to me, like, what your grade was your freshman year in, in college doesn't matter, you know, or your sophomore year because everything is fluid. You know, like, scouting is a fluid process. And even if I had had a, a – I think I did have a preseason first-round grade, it doesn't matter because you've got 13 more football games to evaluate and a lot can change, you know. So I, I think it's kind of, you know, it's kind of comical to say, well, at one point this guy was called a first-round pick because NFL teams don't put grades on players that early. Like they just don't do it. Your board is not finalized until about 10 days before the NFL draft. So, I mean, if coach Ron is reading our mock drafts and saying, Hey, uh, Matt Miller had a first round grade in this guy preseason. I appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing to ESPN. Plus. Here now. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. So uh, like we, you know, but um, I just, I don't think that teams have grades on players that early to be able to say we had a first round grade on Sam Howell over the summer. I, I don't know. I just don't believe that part of it. And I would say the guy I saw his last year of college was so different from the year before because there were a lot of throws where he like the year before I felt like his receivers bailed him out quite a bit of he's not throwing on time or he's falling off of throws and it's, it's affecting the accuracy. So many throws were going high that last year to whereas, you know, Diami Brown, Daz Newsome are kind of saving your tail a little bit. The next year that wasn't there. So it is a little bit of a case of he lost his supporting staff. That's going to hurt any quarterback. But it was also – I feel like that supporting staff, in a lot of ways, they were grabbing passes that, that made his numbers look better than they were. And when you do like a cursory tape study, it would be like me saying right now that Bo Nix is a first-round quarterback. It's like, okay, I've watched him play some football, and I'm familiar with his traits and his abilities, but I haven't studied him yet because he hasn't been draft eligible. So when you really start studying a guy and you go through every throw and you're taking serious notes and you're talking to coaches and scouts, like your opinion on that player can change dramatically. And it, honestly, in my opinion, it should. Once you have more information, you, it's okay to change your opinion. It would be foolish exactly. not to. And so I think with Howell, it was some of that too. Of Like when you're watching the other guys, you're like, hey, this little quarterback can spin it, you know, and he's, he's tough as hell and he's, he's able, he's a runner. You liked all those things, but then you start watching more and you're like, man, like I can remember being at the senior bowl and sitting and firing off a tweet, liking his arm strength, and then sit, the person sitting next to me, and I won't out them, they know more about quarterbacks than I ever will. And they were like, man, that North Carolina kid is all arm. And you're like, yeah. You got to say the name, right? Matt. You right. got to say the no, name. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> um, but it's like, so even even little instances like that, we're always learning about the players, you know. So um, it's just part of the process. Yeah, I think um, what you said, Matt, is, is really interesting. And from the sense of what happened the year before uh, he was draft eligible or, or when he came out um, in 2022, uh, the, the conversation in Washington, in the circles in Washington, that, that kind of 
like provides an argument for Sam. Um, to be clear, like we had a conversation, it probably went around 30 to 40 minutes yesterday on our podcast, uh, just alluding to the fact that given Washington's circumstance, we're perfectly fine with Sam Howell being QB1 this year. Like it, it is what it is. Like Ron is, yeah. is essentially in his last leg. Uh, the new ownership is coming in. Uh, odds are, given Ron's track record here in Washington, things are going to change. But if you look at the process to how they got to how versus like them actually like showing the actions and the steps, like no, it doesn't add up. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us. So when you look at uh, the arguments that were made about his college years, his last two college years, and you mentioned uh, there was an argument that the receivers actually helped him. Um, more than they more than he was the one actually delivering uh good passes or being the the initiator in a sense and, and things like that um it's it's kind of it's kind of something that goes unspoken here like nobody thinks about that alternative like did you think that the receivers and the pe- the supporting cast were the people who helped him out and i think to 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 that question and what i'm saying um when you think about uh Malik Willis uh Desmond Ritter um Kenny Pickett all of these guys who got or those three guys who got selected before him it it like the argument of a weak quarterback class can be true but there were still three quarterbacks selected before him and the the next quarterback that was taken after the third round was two rounds later in the fifth round yeah so is it really indicative of uh, with how going in the fifth round is it really indicative of him uh uh having legit concerns or is it a weak quarterback class and, and to be honest with you like if you really from a commander standpoint if you really sit down and think about it I, I don't think that the league messed up allowing him to go that far I think there's some legitimate concerns that people are really scared as I mentioned earlier to take into account that fear factor that there may be some things that we just don't see right now but I'm just going to blindly hope that this is our guy and um again I want how to work and we're okay with him in QB1 in 2023 but I'm not going to sit here and fool myself and, and think that things are like the league didn't messed up. Like, I don't believe it. Yeah, I would say I, I agree with you. I think we're seeing something in the NFL right now where you're either a first round pick, a quarterback, or you're like a day three pick, a quarterback. And this year was a little different because Will Levis, I will say a lot of teams are trying to trade back into the first to get Will and couldn't. So let's like put him off to the side for a little bit. But we even saw this year, you know, with so many quarterbacks going in the fourth round, so many in the fifth round. But I think with, with the 2022 draft, I mean, teams did not like that draft. And people are going to point to mock drafts. And I'm going to, I'll say right now, player rankings did not have those guys rated that highly. We thought teams were going to overdraft the quarterbacks. And I can remember being on NFL Live saying that of, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are as good as, as where they're getting drafted because teams are going to overreach for quarterbacks. It just didn't happen. So, um, I always love it when after the fact, you know, you'll get like Bill Polian and be like, we had a second round grade on Tom Brady. No, you didn't. Like, why didn't you draft him there? Then, you know, <laughs> no, no, y'all didn't. No one did, you know, and um, I'm with you. I'm, I'm always rooting to be proven wrong by players. I, I actually, I love that. Um, and I, I welcome those conversations. I, I think it's fantastic when, when a player says, I'm going to prove you all wrong. And I, I do, I, I genuinely hope that happens for Howell. Lord knows Washington fans deserve a franchise quarterback. Um, yes. I look at this year's draft. I'm not going to go full conspiracy theory on you guys, but I don't even know if they had wanted to draft a quarterback there this year, if they would have been allowed to. Like you said, you got new ownership coming in. It feels like the, the front office and the coaching staff are, I mean, they're at least going to be subject to a lot of scrutiny once you do have a new owner. You have a new stadium very soon, hopefully. 
it, it feels like this is a transitional year more than it was a year to start over with a with a rookie quarterback with all the turmoil going on um, or, or potential turmoil that could happen. Uh, it's just not not an environment that's conducive to let's bring in Will Levis or let's trade up for Anthony Richardson when you've got new ownership coming in that might not want that player. They might want they might want Caleb Williams, who grew up in Washington D.C. You know, so um, I, I think it's okay to say, hey, we hope Sam does well this year. Based on his draft evaluation, it's going to be an uphill battle. And if it doesn't work out, you're positioned really well for next year when things are going to be, you know, it's going to be a better environment for a rookie quarterback. And Matt, I was just going to ask, because I know you mentioned Kirk Cousins earlier and that you were pretty high on him, you know, as a prospect and you got blasted by Washington fans in in that sense. But how would you compare Sam to Kirk Cousins as a prospect, and do you see him having a Kirk Cousins type of ceiling at this level in the NFL? Or would you say you don't quite, you're not quite as high on him as Kirk Cousins? Like, how do you compare the two as prospects? Yeah, here's the thing that I don't know about Sam that I did know about Kirk. I got to spend the week of the combine with Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson, so I was with them every day, like watching them throw in the like before they threw for teams. I would go with them and watch them throw and stuff. Um, and so I got to know Kirk very well and I knew what type of worker he was. And I knew, you know, like that he was determined to prove people wrong. And it's, it's why I really liked him. I was like, God, this guy, like, you know, he's got it figured out. And I haven't spent time with Sam Howell. So I don't know that part of him. Um, I think if he attacks the, the profession, the way Kirk cousins has, that's absolutely his ceiling. Now I will say the staff that Kirk had in Washington does not exist right now and that's not a knock on anyone who's a coach there right now but you know the the coaches that were there you know whether it be Mike Shanahan Kyle Shanahan you know the list goes on of the guys who were developing Kirk that just that ecosystem's not there right now Um, but I I do think from a from a traits perspective I think he could be that type of quarterback and and my thing would be if, if he wanted my advice what I saw at North Carolina was this quarterback that at times was very tight and all that he did. And I think sometimes you can be a little too stocky, a little too, uh, just a little too tight in your upper body. I thought that showed at times. I thought it limited some of his, you know, some of his lower body mobility when you're trying to torque with throws. That's why I refer to him as an arm thrower, because there's, there's not a lot of, a lot of torque coming from the waist. There's not a lot of the lower body is not always connected. I would worry that that's number one, going to affect accuracy. And it does, it shows up or showed up on tape. And then number two, I would worry that he's going to wear his arm out uh, pretty quickly if, if you're in a, a situation where you're throwing a lot. So that's something that you got to be pretty mindful of. You know, we saw Trey Lance last year. I mean, there were practices he couldn't throw because his arm was wore out. So it's just a thing that, that quarterbacks have to deal with. So uh, I think there's a couple things like like those things that need to be corrected. But if he attacks this the way Kirk Cousins did, hell yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason he couldn't be that type of player. Hey, hey Matt, what about – I don't know if you have it in your notes of, of your scout report. What about Sam Howe, how he pats the ball before every pass? I did have that. I had that. Yeah. And uh, I had that he pats and that he's got like this, this long, I'm doing it on the podcast. People can see <laughs> I'm not a quarterback, but he's got this longer motion. So yeah, that actually did show up. I don't, I will say this quarterback coaches are very split on if that matters. And I think there's, a difference between a long pat and a short pat, and and there's a whole thing about it. I mean, I've I've been in text threads where this is a not about Sam Howell, but about all quarterbacks. Where this is an argument of does it matter? Does it not matter? Is it a system um, thing? I, I I don't know if it's a system thing as much as it's like a almost like a a safety net just, a little bit, you know, like a comfort thing. 
Yeah, it's just a uh, muscle memory because I mean Aaron Rodgers yeah, does it quite often, but he gets the ball out much faster than Sam. Howell His delivery is fast, yeah. So like, yeah. I think it's okay if your delivery is fast. I mean, we're gonna find out real quick if it's a problem because if, if it's <laughs> a way you're telegraphing things because you're patting the ball, I mean, defenses are gonna be on that quick. Uh, I can. I bet early in the year we see defenders trying to jump his routes because of it, and and it's something that hopefully he can adjust to. So um, first and foremost, let's go ahead. We got a few more minutes with Matt. We appreciate everybody that's checking in. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast side, make sure you hit that follow button as well. Uh, give a rating and review. Matt, we appreciate you joining us uh, again. Uh, so from a draft perspective, because, what, 25 minutes on Sam Howe, that's a lot. Of conversation there's a lot of good conversation as well um emmanuel forbes man uh I'll, I'll start general uh what do you think about forbes and 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 what he does for a defense uh and, and furthermore what he does for the washington commanders who, who really needed that help in the secondary yeah i'm a huge emmanuel forbes fan i know there's so much talk about he's oh he's skinny he's undersized find me a play where his size limited him in college i don't think you can do it I mean, he plays physical he plays tough Hey, hell no, he's not a great tackler. Neither was Deion Sanders, and he's the greatest corner of all time. So, like, I'm not too worried about that he doesn't come down he'll, he'll lay the wood. Uh, the ball skills are fantastic. The timing, 14 interceptions in college don't happen by accident, and neither do six pick sixes. Like, that, you could have a couple accidentally come your way, but you stop to catch them, number one, and I don't think you get 14 by mistake. So, I'm a big fan of his, and I think for Washington, um, I had my biggest need for Washington as left tackle and corner. The left tackles were gone at that point in the draft. And so getting the, one of the top corners is is a good value. I was a little surprised that they didn't take Christian Gonzalez, but I think it goes to that scheme fit of Forbes being – Forbes, I think, is better at the catch point. Gonzalez is a little weak at the catch point at times. And I think Forbes just has better footwork at this point in his career. Um, Gonzalez is more, you know, bigger bigger player with higher upside maybe athletically. But, I mean, Forbes is, is a stud. And Matt, I just I had a question as far as the draft. I'm glad Maul asked about Forbes, but what's one player out of this Washington draft class that you would say you really loved? I mean, at least maybe the value it could have been a late round guy or just a guy you just think is going to be really good at the next level that they picked outside of Forbes. Man, I have two of them. If that's okay, I mean, we can. That's fine. I, I would love it. it. Hey, don't <laughs> I love. I love their draft. By the way, I mean, didn't have a ton of picks, right? So it's like it gets a little hard, but. I think Ricky Stromberg – I tweeted this the other day before Washington fans got mad at me. I think Ricky Stromberg is a starter in the NFL. I know Nick Gates has got some, he's got some money, so he might get first crack at that job. But Ricky Stromberg is a starter in the NFL. You guys are going to love him. He plays every snap pissed off. He will put guys in the dirt in the run game. So he's a stud. The other one's K.J. Henry. And I know, like, you guys understand the contract situation for Montez Sweat and Chase Young. KJ's got a shot. I really think so. I mean, he was slept on so much at Clemson. He's a little high cut, so that affects him in some ways as a pass rusher, but he has a great first step. He uses his long arm really well. He's got active hands. There were times I was trying to watch Miles Murphy and Brian Brzee, and I couldn't stop watching KJ Henry. So I, I think he's got a really good shot to be a starter. As a fifth-round pick, I think he's got a great shot to work into that lineup, and we might be sitting here in a year talking about, well – you know, Chase Young's gone, but here comes KJ Henry, who if you can get a, a starting defensive end at fifth round draft pick money, like you're ahead, you're winning the game if you can figure that out. 
Let, let guess, me ask you a follow up on just on Henry right quick and AJ, you got it. Uh, generally stunt, speaking, man, I call him stunt man, Matt. By the way, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, so like he 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 moves really well off the the twist the, the twist games and things like that. And, and my thing was my my biggest thing for him, Matt. And so I guess it's a double question. Um, the first one is, do you think that uh, he'll be in the 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 heavy rotation in in year one, or is this something that's going to build up? That's the first thing. Uh, and then secondly, uh, my, my thing when I watched him was sometimes he had issues with, with his play strength, his functional strength against like the tackles yep. and things like that, and even the interior uh, with the guards and stuff like that. So uh, when he was a lined up, now I don't think Washington is going to be having him as a three-tech or, or maybe even a four-tech or things like that yep. where, where he's going to have to take on some of these double teams or something like that or consistently take on uh, a tackle. However, uh, sometimes when he gets engaged like that, like he's – he's getting cleared out and it's not like a, it's, it's, it happens, you know, it is what it is, but like, that's kind of the thing that stood out to me the most is like, at what point, like, Kenny, is he going to have that time to develop his play strength and things like that to become a more dominant, like a Montez Sweat who can hold the point or even Chase Young, who's good on the run game as well. What do you think about uh, one, his con- con- contribution year one, but then secondly, do you think he'll be able to, to withstand the, the, the offensive tackles and interior linemen and things like that? Yeah, I would see year one. I mean, I won't be shocked if he's the third defensive end by the end of year one. I, I I just think he's that talented as a pass rusher, and he's got that much upside to be coached to get better. I think you can even look at someone like Montez Sweat of how much stronger he's gotten in the NFL. You know, coming out of Mississippi State, he was this guy who was like, gosh, he's got to get stronger. You know, he's just twitchy and, and raw, but he's got to get stronger. So I think with KJ, it's – I always try to remind people, these guys go from being college football players to being professional football players, and that means a lot. Like, this is your job now. You're not going to class. You're not limited on hours you can be working out. You're not limited on how many meals you're actually going to get fed a day. You're going to have a legit nutritionist in there helping you get stronger, helping you feel your best. So I, I do think that there's there's room for him to get stronger. His frame, I mean, he's what, 6'4", 251, he I think. Mm-hmm. He's not maxed out. Like, there's room to add 10, 10 or 15 pounds. And I think especially because the way he's built, he can add a lot of lower body power and that's going to help him out. He's just, he's got long legs, you know, and a short torso. Uh, that's why I call them high cuts. So I, I think there's room to to add some sand to the lower body and that's going to help him a ton. Hey, Matt. So, um, of course, every team picked up some undrafted free agents. Uh, one of those guys that Washington picked up is a kick returner wide receiver, Casimir uh, Allen from UCLA. Uh, what are what are some of your takes on him? And then my other question would be, you know, just having foresight looking into the 2024 draft, because um, I don't have an ESPN Plus insider account. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your top three uh, quarterback prospects going into the year? Of course, we heard of the Caleb Williams and Drake May, but who's your your number three guy? Yeah, so on Casper Allen, I'll be completely honest. I didn't have a ton of notes on him outside of, like, height, weight, speed, and then, like, I had return plus, plus, plus. So uh, I'll be excited to see, you know, what he's able to do. Um, I didn't have him as a, you know, in my top, what, 400, like as a draftable guy. So I'll, I'll be happy to take some time and, and go back and rewatch and, and throw some notes your guys way on him. But as, as for that QB three, you're right. So Caleb Williams won for me, Drake made two, three is interesting. Like it might be Michael Penix from Washington. He's a lefty, which is always fun. A little bit older. I think there's to be some injury stuff that, that he's got to get vetted, but he definitely has a ton of upside. Um, as a Texas fan, I'm, I'm hopeful that Quinn Ewers can take that step and play more like he did before Alabama rocked his world and he missed some time. But 
Um, you know, since Colt left Texas, uh, we haven't had a ton of luck with passing quarterbacks. Sam Elger was great, you know, as uh, the Texas Tebow, but haven't had a lot of luck with, with passing quarterbacks. So I'm hopeful that Ewers can be that guy. But, you know, I mentioned Bo Nix. Now that he's at Oregon, he played really, really well last year. Next year's quarterback class looks exceptionally deep. And, and there's obviously Caleb Williams, who's a, a really, really, you know, nice prospect. But it's just a deep class as well where there's I, – I think on my early list had like 17 quarterbacks on it that are – that look draftable as of right now. Is one of those 17 – uh, I was gonna say, is one of those seventeen guys Jordan Travis? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have Rattler on the list. I don't think he's he's nowhere near what we thought he was at Oklahoma. Let, I'll say that uh, Jordan Jordan Travis absolutely is on the list. I I think Florida State could be sneaky uh, draft heavy this year. I mean, between Travis, um, Jared Verse at, at defensive end, like Florida State could be a little bit loaded this year. So. I'm very excited to see what, what he brings. I'll admittedly, I have not watched him like through the lens of draft eligible. I've just watched Florida state games. Um, so I'm excited to over the summer, you know, go back and watch last year's tape and, and start to break him down. Well, I'm a Florida state fan. So I love everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dre, if you don't have anything else, um, AJ, I think we're good. Uh, Matt, man, I appreciate you joining us for your time, man, and breaking down, giving your full explanation, giving your full uh, analysis and your report on, on Sam Howe and also letting us know what you think about the commander's draft class. I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything and everything that you got going on on your side so that people can uh, get to uh, tap in with you as well, man. Yeah, so uh, you got to get that ESPN Plus account, AJ. That's the, the big thing. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're sitting here uh, Tuesday night. I know I know Wednesday, my top 100 favorite draft picks article will drop. So something new, I've never done this before. Um, we'll see if, if people like that idea. If they do, we'll keep it going. But you know, after that, it's, a, it's just time to start getting ready for next year. So I'll take a little bit of a break, take a beat, spend some time with the family, Vacation? and then jump back in. Yeah, yeah. Vacation in a, in a couple of weeks. Somewhere nice. Yeah. <laughs> So I've got about three weeks left and then vacation mode hits. Absolutely. Uh, there it is, man. Matt, we appreciate you once again. Uh, enjoy that family time. Uh, enjoy the little one as well and all that stuff and, and keep doing the good work, man. So uh, don't look, don't don't back down from the Washington fans, man. Keep, <laughs> keep going. Keep going at him. Stick to your truth. With that Colt McCoy talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, I love Colt. So I, I'm good with it. I absolutely appreciate boss, you, man. man. Yes, sir. Thanks, you take guys. care. Appreciate all right you, now. All right, so there goes Matt. Oh, there we go. Boom. All right, that's gonna. I guess that's gonna. Do we have any closing thoughts on, on the conversation altogether? Um, do we want to get our get our moral to the story in? Uh, shout out to uh, a couple people in the chat saying that. Uh, you know, I ain't even gonna bring that to light. I ain't gonna do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm about. To, I'm about. To, I'm about to bring. I'm about. I, I wasn't gonna do hey. it, bro. Yeah. So I mean, I think it. I think it's a good conversation and. I think that's why it was important for us at, at Trevor Dive to kind of get Matt on here and, and and speak about it further because I think he brought some clarity to his his comp to Colt McCoy uh, and also just you know different nuances about Sam Howell like we talked about even yesterday on our episode like a lot of people try to bring up the fact that he played without certain talent that went on to the NFL but I mean look in the draft that just happened last week. Anthony Richardson uh, out of Florida played with who? 
at wide receiver or running back and, and went top four, only having 13 starts. So it's like at, at some point you have to you have to look at the traits and project those traits to how they will fit within your system, your organization. Uh, and unfortunately, it is what it is. How they view Sam Howell as a quarterback was a fifth rounder, and that's what it should be. That's what the conversation should be focused on, not the fact that he could have been a first round. Because, uh, I mean, that could be said about a lot of people and a lot of guys that got drafted later on. Hey, they were told that they could have been a first or a second round. Some some of those guys even went undrafted last week. So, but some something that was interesting about Matt, what he was talking about was, I mean, again, he was saying how Sam, you know, had this big supporting cast at UNC is um, the year before he came out. You know, Diami Brown and all those guys. And you look at Washington's supporting cast, and he has a pretty good one here. So maybe, I mean, he can, you know, maybe those guys will save him in a sense, you know, if those throws yes. are off in a sense. So maybe that's that's something that he needs, you know. You can't just trot Sam Howell out there with a weak support cast, something like what Washington had a couple of years ago. You know, I mean, we couldn't even name Terry's second wide receiver. Well, the second wide receiver outside of Terry McLaurin a couple of years ago. I mean, even the running back room, you know, wasn't really great. But I mean, I, now you got, like I said, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, you have Curtis Samuel, you have Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Oh, you have all those guys. I mean, so you have weapons that can maybe help Sam Howell's transition. He may not be great at the next level, but I mean, maybe he can be, you know, close to top 15-ish. And maybe with this defense that they have this year, maybe that presents some kind of success for them this year. But I mean, it's similar to what he had at UNC in terms of he has talent, you know, so... Yeah. What can he do with talent? I mean, he played pretty well with talent. A lot of people talk about Sam Howell without talent, which was his last year at UNC. So, I mean, he has talent now, so maybe that helps Sam Howell. Maybe him being the point guard, as Matt Miller uh, spoke about, maybe that's what Sam Howell is. Maybe Sam Howell's not a guy that might be able to carry a team on his own, but he's a guy that can keep you above water when he has talent around him. And I do think he has that here in Washington. And you essentially stole my thunder, Dre. That's that's oh. literally what I got. No, you're good though. You're good though. You like you like the 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 talent part is important. Like if if the receivers were the people in his opinion who, or not even just his opinion, it was it was other it was scouts' opinion and, and people who were tapped in on Sam. Um, like if that was the opinion of them, uh, like that's important to note because you have a lot of help here now. Like you have people around the quarterback who can help get the job done for the quarterback. They just needed somebody who can get them the ball. Um, obviously, that doesn't help in terms of, like, what happens when the defense comes comes to know uh, Sam Howell's strengths and weaknesses on a week-in and week-out basis and what they can do from a defensive line standpoint or from a coverage disguise standpoint that will ultimately affect uh, um, um, Sam Howell. But at the same time, that's what you got Eric Bieniemy in here for, to help protect him, but also get the offense – uh, become more fluid and, and and more productive on a week-to-week basis. But then you have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, who are two top separators in the NFL. Hey, Dakota, relax, bro. <laughs> so, so you you hope you the, the hope is that you you have all these things in in place to help a young quarterback out in Sam Howe. Um, who who's what? Matter of fact, now that I think about it, what Sam is what 22, 23, something like that. Um, I, I don't know off the yeah. top of my head. So, like, he's still pretty young, and, and, and a young quarterback, it's all about their situation. Somebody in the chat mentioned um, somebody who, who damn near pissed me off in the interview. 
he mentioned that Pat Mahomes came into the league <laughs> with a lot of help. And, and and that's true. Like that's the that's the nature of this conversation. Like you need help, but um and and all young young quarterbacks kind of need that type of situation when they come into the league. And, and and I think that's the most important thing when you when you think about this conversation is what can the team do for him? What can the team do to surround him with this or insulate him with, with as much help as possible? And and the hope is that Sam can just do his part as a faci- facilitator. And as Matt, Matt mentioned, like point guard, like just just assist, throw the, throw the buckets when you hey. have to throw them in and hoop. Hey, but Ma, the, the crazier part is we don't even know this dude gonna be QB one. Yes, he got it. He got to beat out. That, that's the first order. Beat out Jacoby. AJ, I think we know they're going. He's going to be. He's going to be QB one. Even I'm, if Jacoby Brissett is slightly better than him, Sam Howell's going to be QB one. Man, I don't know. Like, I wish I if I had. Right, what's, I, if you, I wish I could fast forward the training camp right now because I'm tired of going back and forth about it. Like if you, I, if you I had a hundred dollars, AJ, how much of that a hundred would you bet on it that that Brissett is going to beat out how? I bet all hundred of it. But see, AJ, you if, if it you was your were last coach, 100. you would be right. Like if you were the coach, you probably would be right. But I think Ron and them wants to prove something, and it's what I talked about on the show last night. This is Ron's last chance at a golden ticket in Sam Howe. So that's why I say even if Sam Howell is not marginally better than Jacoby Brissett this training camp and preseason, I why still think they're going to give him the job. <laughs> hey, look, that's just, I think that's just how I was, I was letting it slide. I think that's just how it's going to Hey, Briss, did I say Brissett? I must be hungry, you dog. I ain't ate dinner yet. Jacoby Brissett. Hey, put some like, barbecue on, you know yourself. what I'm saying? We barbecue on Brissett. <laughs> but, yeah, nah. I, Obviously, that's going to be a, a fair question in the ballot. Like, it's going to be a major storyline. I, I think, and that's kind of where we talk about that messaging. Um, people forget that he's only been talking about giving Sam the opportunity. But to Dre's point, like you, you think, and and I think based on years past, like you kind of understand, like if Ron is talking about a guy, like that's his guy, that's their guy. They're going to make it work for their guy, and and. I'm not saying it's fair because who knows if the best quarterback is going to win. Like Carson Wentz, I, I like we know that Sam Howell wasn't ready yet in training camp. Um, that's no question. But was Sam, was Carson Wentz better than Taylor? No. Fucking doubt it. I doubt yeah. it. I doubt it, bro. Um, hey, and hey, but before, before we get up out of here, question. Yeah. Since y'all, since y'all are gamblers, right? Yeah. Do y'all have uh Sam Howell? Throwing for 4,300 yards over no. Oh, my God. I, I wouldn't even jump. Those predictions, <laughs> the predictions that, that y'all sent to the chat was crazy. That's If he does, he's an MVP or he's in the top five. He's in the top five to seven quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not saying that tonight. I'm not, I'm not right, what about, that saying you ain't got that about, much. You ain't got that much whiskey in your system, huh, bro? No, I don't. It's just oh, it's what it's Tuesday. We don't have no, we don't have no brisket yet. That's why <laughs> I don't no got the brisket, no. man. I ain't no. eat yet. Bro. Okay, thirty nine. My stomach growling. Thirty nine <laughs> passing touchdowns over or under. Under under by about fourteen or fifteen, maybe sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> All right, eight interceptions over or under. Over That's by about one. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> For real, I'm a I. If I say. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I'm I'm probably at I'm probably I give him like I can see about 10 or 11. All right. Let's, let's, 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Dre. Monty let's, says let's... under 44. Under, Monty says under 4,000. And Monty says over, uh, you said eight interceptions. Monty says let's, over eight interceptions. Let's give some realistic stats for Sam Howell. And let's be fair to him. You know, we're not being fair to Sam Howell right now, giving him, you know, Aaron Rodgers MVP year stats. Sam Howell, a good season for him is somewhere between 22 and 25 touchdowns this year and somewhere between 11 and 14 interceptions. I mean, that's a realistic good season for Sam. If, if you want him to be good or think that he's the, the walk away and say Sam Howell had a good season, I think what I just listed is pretty damn good for Sam Howell for his first year start. If he does anything more, great. The last time Washington had a quarterback throw for more than 30 touchdowns was before Christ. <laughs> BC. Right. Like, like we'll talk. Like, someone is projecting 39 touchdowns. Like, I, I just read this all. Oh, I never sent y'all to – I got I to gotta show y'all the other one. Hold on. It was ridiculous. Please. I'm saying 543 rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns. Like, who is this, Lamar Jackson? <laughs> where is Brett at Brett? oh here we go all right hold on give me two seconds um no nah, i don't know man i, I think um i i can see i can i'm a, i'm gonna be wrong bro and, and do like the little small i'm gonna do a small investment i can see like 3500 uh 21 touchdowns um to be honest with you i ain't gonna lie to you though with the, the receiving quarter they have i can see i can see him around 25 like realistically speaking that don't mean he's gonna have four thousand yards, but I can see around twenty five, and that a lot of those could be in the red zone. But it's up there, bro. Uh, but point being, I can see around thirty five hundred yards, um, twenty one touchdowns, maybe like 10, 11 picks, maybe twelve picks, um, and I think that's modest in today's NFL. Like D- DT says, thirty five hundred. Oh damn, we we got the same numbers: thirty five hundred yards, yeah, twenty four touchdowns, twelve picks. Greg DT, says 27 touchdowns, DT. nine INTs, four rushing touchdowns, 3,800 yards. Yeah. What are you saying, Dre? No, I said DT. That's realistic. That's that's a realistic yeah. line. And I'm not mad at that. I don't know if that gets him another year with new ownership, but I'm not mad at that line right there from Sam Howell. Okay. So let, let's say if we go with DT's prediction and, and Maul's prediction of 3,500 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Is that is that good enough to get them into the playoffs against the teams that they're playing this year, which I believe is AFC East, right? Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, AFC East. AFC East, and then they play the NFC. Uh, I don't know. Well, all right. So AJ, to answer your question, uh, those numbers that DT put up, that's Derek Carr type of numbers. So that's Raiders Derek Carr type of numbers. So then you have to ask, is our defense better than the Raiders defense? And if so, then you have a chance. I think you do have a chance at the playoffs. Um, I'm not going to take the bait. I ain't going to do it because I, I I don't I don't do I don't do QB is a win is or a win loss is a QB thing. Um, those numbers can can scream uh, a top maybe a, a top 20 offense for, for a quarterback. Uh, but I got to see what this offensive line is looking like. I got to see, like, how did he get those numbers? Was he, was he trailing? Like, were we losing a lot of games and, and he just, he, he, he got some garbage time numbers or something like that. I got to see what this running game look like. I got to see what the defense look like in terms of playoffs to your question, AJ, I got to see, I got to see everything. I don't, I don't know if those are playoff numbers. You had Ryan Tannehill in years past going into the playoffs with less than, 30 3700 yards like they don't they don't throw a lot in in tennessee and his numbers aren't that great 
Um, so like there's a lot of things that that vary that that varies in in, in Washington, especially with Eric Bieniemy now at offensive coordinator. You just don't know um what he's gonna prefer. You don't know what he favors. You don't know what his tendencies are. We don't know that. And if if Sam Howe, think about it. In theory, I'm not saying this is going to happen. So please do not over overreact. In theory, t- Sam can have these numbers, and Washington goes 12 and 12 and five. Nah, it I, just depends I, on. I agree with you. That's why I wish I wish I had magic powers. I could fast forward time, bro. <laughs> And we can start seeing these games because I'm so I'm so tired of talking about Sam Howe. Like I told you, I got him muted on my damn Twitter. Like nah. I, I think AJ, you love talking about Sam. I don't I'm about to say you was just talking Sam. about you love talking about I, Sam. I, Howe. I, I love I love the I love the energy that the fan base is giving and the interaction and of course the viewership for us and going ahead and liking and subscribing to the Travis Dive podcast. But for me, like I hate talking about mid-ass players and like, I just hate talking about mid. Like, that's just not my thing. Like, I don't care who it is. It could be a family member. They could be mid. I don't want to talk about them either. Like, I just hate mid. (laughs) Terrell says 3,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, nine picks, 650 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. Um, I'll tell you. Sold them short on the yards. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll too mentions how does QB one unless he is Nathan. Peterson level trash. Um, we do play the NFC West. Appreciate you, Greg. Um, Rasheed said we all agree that our, our QB play last season was terrible. Went to Heineke combined for 37 touchdowns, 3,700 yards, excuse me, 24 <laughs> touchdowns, 16 picks. Um, Al two says under 4,300 yards, under 39 touchdowns, over eight interceptions to your question, AJ. But his official numbers is 3,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, 15 picks, um, 62% completion percentage percent if he stays healthy all season greg says 10 and 7 is minimal on strength of eb and defense aj i got bad news for you bro you said you don't like talking about sam howell but guess what man it's only may 9th so you got about 30 more conversations and if uh, we get our guy john kime on uh which we plan to do uh within the uh, a few more uh a few more episodes i'd say um you know, the conversation going to be back at Sam Howell again, buddy. So buckle up. That's all I got to tell you. Goddamn. Hey, hey, we just getting started, baby. Like just the infomercial said, click this more. Taylor Heineke yeah. 2.0 all over again. Hey, that, that was the comp. They said uh, Taylor Heineke with a better arm. That's, that's what arm. everybody said last year. I think everybody um, wanted Taylor Heineke to have a stronger arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we got it. Now we got it. I wonder what would have happened if, if Matt said on the radio, um, yeah, man, I, I comped him to Taylor Heineke. Ain't no way they're gonna get mad if that's what they said last year. We should have we should have said that because people like don't get me wrong, one of Sam Howell's best throws is a deep ball, but that's that's a lot of quarterbacks because typically those guys, if you're throwing it, are open, like more than likely. You feel me? RG3 coming into Washington, that was his best pass a deep ball. But I mean the the clip that they are showing to reference that, like we've seen almost every quarterback in the league make that throw. Like, it's really not that impressive. Like, I don't know, but maybe, yeah, I don't know. Well, that well, was an impressive this, throw, though, AJ. I'll give it to you. How about it? That was a yeah, because you, you, you haven't seen you haven't seen maybe those guys take those attempts. But, like, Taylor Heineke has thrown the ball down the sideline to a wide receiver before. <laughs> like It was like 30 yards. Sense. 
Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did the same thing early in the season against Jacksonville. Like, you've seen it, but I guess maybe the idea, like, damn. It's because it's, it's Sam. So they yeah, gotta... maybe we can see it more often. I don't know, but hey. hey Mo, your, your yep. boy in the chat. Yeah, like you said, Mo, the bar is hell. The bar is be, oh. beyond hell at this point. I don't know what's mm-hmm. longer than hell. AJ, in the chat, we got Steve Young. Uh, right here to Steve, Steve Young in the chat, AJ. Oh, yeah. Steve, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Trail's tripping. He, he <laughs> I told him I respect his comp, but I can't. I don't know. That's why I asked. Like everybody comps things differently. Like, are you competent to what they will be in the NFL or just the traits? And I can't see it with the Steve Young thing. Um, for me, it's been Baker. First Major, of all, we got. Why twitch. are we saying Steve Russell Wilson? I you saw He's the one I said. Y'all. He said he said Brett Favre with with a mix of Russell Wilson. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Man, I couldn't I believe seen, it. I seen Drew Brees. I seen Steve McNair. I've seen, I seen, oh, the craziest one I seen was Sam Howell's a mixture of Matt Stafford and Marcus Mariota. I said, oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, what is, like, people really think Buddy is like Lamar Jackson out here running. Look, people, let, let's just say this. I Last words, don't man. dislike <laughs> Sam Howell. I don't dislike Sam Howell. And I'm rooting like hell for Sam Howell. I'm actually yes. intrigued by Sam Howell. I yes. just think we need to be fair to Sam Howell. And I don't think a lot of people are being fair to Sam Howell. I mean, you're comping them to great players, you know, that have done things and also kind of different players. I mean, these players, you know, are different athletes than Sam. You know, they're just different style quarterbacks. But Sam can be Sam. And I think Sam, you know, if he, you know, plays up to potential, whatever that may be, I think he could be have some success in his league. I don't know how far that success can go, but I'm rooting for it, you know, but I, I think my co-hosts as well are rooting for this as well. No one's rooting against Sam. I think I we're am. just try, trying to, you know, calm the Ignore expectations. AJ, there's, bro. there's a lot of expectations right now. Yeah, AJ might not be rooting for Sam Howell. I'm uh-huh. rooting for Sam Howell. I think Jamal's rooting for Sam Howell. I'm in on Howell working out. I, but, I, want, yeah. I want Howell to work out. I, I wonder if they'll pick up this from our episode with Matt. Uh, being that he did make the comp to Colt McCoy, but he also said that Sam could be like a Jimmy Garoppolo. We're gonna we're gonna see what's up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be on Hog's Haven when I write it up. So we're gonna see we're gonna see what people are talking about. Um, but yeah, man, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Appreciate everybody who stayed through the whole episode. Chris Jackson, I'll I'll, I'll read yours out as well. I did see your comment. He said with E being wide receiver, realistic. Um, between 3,200 to 3,500 yards, uh, between 17 touchdowns to 22 touchdowns. And he said somewhere between uh, or as low as 10 interceptions, as high as 14 picks. Um, so gave, he gave us a little range. Um, so there it goes, man. Appreciate everybody who tapped in. Uh, if you all are just tapping in, make sure you go back to the very beginning where uh, Matt Miller was in. Uh, we had him for about 30 minutes, uh, ranging from Sam Howe to uh, the draft class, uh, some of his favorites in Emmanuel Forbes as well. So uh, the fellas will be back next week. Um, appreciate everybody again. Like I said, who tapped in? Uh, all 32 will be back soon as well. Uh, but yeah, man, y'all be safe. Dre, AJ, y'all be safe. I'm gonna check in with y'all on the chat. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, man, y'all boys be safe, man. Enjoy the games today. I think it's about to be one starting in two minutes, too. This might be perfect timing. I'm about to turn it Hell on. Yeah. I'm about to turn it Hell on. yeah, bro. All right, y'all boys be safe, man. We out here. Take it easy. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it up. 
You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap or Dive